In this episode of the podcast, I get to sit down with Simon Ringsmooth. He's from a little site called The Weekly 50. This is Twitter. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. You may recall, or longtime listeners of This Week in Photo may recall that I had Simon on, uh, man, I, I, it's a while ago, a couple of years, I think. And one of the reasons I wanted to have him on was he's doing, it was kind of in the context of personal projects and long form ongoing projects for photographers of which he's doing, one called The Weekly 50. I'm gonna let him explain what it is, but he's still going with this project and it's still going strong, it's still going great. And he's got some insight onto how he's running it and organizing things on the back end that I think TWIP listeners will find really, really interesting. Simon, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Frederick. Thanks so much for having me on again. Um, just uh, recently hit a milestone with Weekly 50. We've now, or I've now been doing it for over 10 years. And wow. um, one photo, it's the same format, uh, like virtually nothing has changed over that 10 years. Uh, it's, it's one photo every Wednesday morning with uh, audio commentary and a written commentary as well. And you can go to weekly50.com and see it all. You can scroll back to the very first uh, uh, early photos, which are not that great, but uh, one theme that I continually emphasize over and over and over in my posts is it's all about personal growth. So it's uh, any project like this that any photographer takes on, um, uh, if it's rooted in that, that area of always improving, then uh, you'll essentially never hit an end point, which is great. So uh, there's yeah. always more to learn in photography. So yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Welcome. And it's good to have you back again. And the, yeah, one one of the things I think is really educational about the content that you put out is that it is a chronicle of your journey in photography, right? So if like you, mm -hmm. uh, folks take your recommendation and go back to the early episodes, they can see your progression. I, I, when we when we first started talking um, and I, I first interviewed you, I remember you saying that, like you were saying that you wanted to have sort of a raw experience of this is how I figured out f-stop numbers and why they go up as the number gets, as the hole gets smaller, right? And those <laughs> <laughs> those kind of things. Yeah. As, as, as an everyman photographer, you want to sort of get in there and, and share your journey. Has it mm -hmm. been following that sort of follow me along type metaphor? Has that, yeah. I mean, obviously a decade, it's been good, but can you talk about that just a little bit and how that's been going for you? Yeah, very much so. Um, and in fact, the name Weekly 50 refers to the 50 millimeter lens, which is the, that's the one lens that I used exclusively for the first several years of doing my, doing my blog. And I, I created this blog as a way to hold myself accountable because I knew if I didn't have some way to force myself to get the camera off the shelf, then it would probably just stay on the shelf and collect dust. And I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to continually be improving and learning. And what I've found is that there's, there's always something else to learn just past what I've, uh, what I've currently learned. And so for instance, um, I've recently been uh, playing around with some lights. I've got one, uh, it's called a, a, a Nanlite Pavo tube. It's just a 10 inch little light. And um, I've been taking a lot of photos with these lights. And as we record this, uh, I'm, I think I'm maybe three or four shots deep into my journey with learning off camera colored lighting. And 
Wow. One of those photos is terrible. <laughs> if you go to the <laughs> blog, it's like a shot of an old Sony cell phone. And it, I, I'm like embarrassed that it's on there, but it's part of the learning experience. And right. um, the, the photos just get better over time as I continue to learn more about shooting with these off camera colored lights. So it's repetition. That scene continues. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Repetition. Might I suggest you check out a friend of mine and twips Jake Hicks. So Jake Hicks uh, okay. is he is that he hangs his hat on the whole idea of colored lighting and gels. And yeah, if you go to his website, you'll be blown away. You know, he's thank you. I he's will. A, yeah, he's a fashion and commercial shooter, but you know, regardless of the genre that you shoot in, the techniques are the same, right? Light is light for the most yep. part. Uh, yep. But yeah, definitely check him out, Jake Hicks. Um, yeah, really, really cool stuff. Um, one of the reasons, Simon, I wanted to have you on is, you know, as as folks, again, friends and followers of This Week in Photo know that this past August of or August of 2022, rather, the This Week in Photo kind of world was acquired by SmugMug. So we're part of SmugMug, who also a couple of years ago acquired Flickr. So now my sister company is Flickr. Who knew? Right. So... <laughs> Which is really, really cool. I've been a big fan of Flickr. I've been using the site since 2008. Got a mm -hmm. gigantic Twip Flickr group running up there. And as you and I know, the, the whole ebb and flow of the photography social world has been morphing over time. Flickr, I would argue, started it. You know, the whole idea yep. of uploading your photos and having a bunch of random people comment on it, like on it, you know, or have a, otherwise have a discussion around it. And then we kind of veered off into the whole world of um, just photo stream, right? It's a stream of photos that you put up there. And the main metric is how many people liked it or not. And then it's on to the next photo. So no engagement, not a whole lot of engagement around each photo, right. especially not a whole lot of long form or, or over time engagement in a particular genre even, right? So that's what Flickr was designed to do. And that's what it's been doing since it launched way back in the olden days. And it's still going strong and still, you know, even saying the phrase, it's still going strong kind of says that it's it's old and archaic when Flickr has modern underpinnings that has got a great team behind it doing all these fantastic things. They're innovating on the platform, maintaining the platform, keeping it yeah. current, all the things. Right. And meanwhile, all these other kind of companies have started and stopped or started and changed directions. And Flickr has kind of been the operating system for your photography for you know, the entire lives of some people, right? So, it, which brings, yeah. me, brings me to this conversation. You, you know, this is not a commercial for Flickr, obviously, but you are a user, you use Flickr, right? And you're using yeah, it definitely. to power the Weekly 50. I, would, I, I was hoping to have you take us inside, right? And without any prompting, how is Simon using Flickr and why is Simon using Flickr to help with the Weekly 50? Well, I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this, Frederick. And yeah, uh, yeah I'm a Flickr user. I've been a Flickr user. Uh, I've had my account since I think 2011, but I've been using it since uh, before that. And when I started my Weekly 50 blog, I intentionally wanted a blog because it, it offered me a greater level of engagement with whoever ended up reading it. Even if only one person ended up reading it, it was something that I could control. So I'm not at the mercy of an algorithm or... Uh, any external force. Like I get to design my blog, lay it out how I want, 
and it displays exactly how I want the order I want. So I get maximum control and it's a self-hosted WordPress installation. So I really get a lot of control if I want to, but I was uh, from the very beginning, I was trying to find how to deal with the images on my blog. And I realized that Flickr offered this ideal space for allowing me to put my original high resolution images in this safe storage platform called Flickr and, and embed them on my blog. So when you go to Weekly 50, the photos that you're seeing are not actually being hosted on my, my WordPress. They're actually coming in real time from Flickr. And that really is the best of all worlds. And it's sort of like the, the secret sauce. If anyone is interested in starting a photo blog, uh, well, first of all, I would say, yes, do it. Don't, don't uh, put yourself at the mercy of a, an algorithm that's beyond your control. Absolutely start a photo blog and use Flickr because you get the best of all of what they have to offer as well as the best of what your blog has to offer. So it's almost like Flickr and photo blogs were designed to work together. I don't know if they actually were, but it feels like they were. And what I do when I create a post, I do all the, the written text and I record audio and upload the audio, but then I, I pull the image from my Flickr photo stream and you can go to Flickr and one of the, I mean, there's so many great things about Flickr. Uh, one of the great things is you can control how you share your images too. So if you go to Flickr and you click share an image, you get a lot of different options. You can create a, uh, just a normal HTML link, or you can choose to embed the image and it gives you some embed code, but it even goes beyond that because you get to say, how big do you want the image to be embedded? So if you mm -hmm. want a smaller image, uh, a, a larger image. I think all of mine are set to uh, a default width of 1024, but uh, you could make it embedded a larger size if you wanted to. And it gives you custom embed code to put that on whatever is a, a WordPress website. Yeah. So you get all of this control over the way your photos are displayed on your blog, knowing that they're still safely stored on Flickr. So it's, yeah. it really is the best of both worlds. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I remember this, and this is completely transparent, real talk. I remember when I was talking with um, the the Smug Mug folks about the acquisition, and subsequently had a, a great conversation with Alex Seville. He's the the CEO over at Flickr, and I had a chance to sort of vent and share my thoughts and ideas around Flickr and what I want in there, what I don't want in there, you know, and all that. And I was I was really surprised at how uh, open and how forward thinking mm -hmm. that they are as an organization to push this stuff forward. But the other thing was how one of, one of my fears was, hey, listen, you know, this is me, you know, paraphrasing me. I said, you know, hey, listen, uh, Flickr went through this, this, you know, it was bouncing around, it was a hot potato for a while, then Yahoo got yeah. it, and then Verizon, <laughs> and then this, and then Smug Mug bought it, and I was like, you know, if I, you know, me and a bunch of, I'm sure many of my contemporaries are thinking, is Flickr going to be around? Should I invest in putting my time in there and A, building up a following and putting my precious photos up there and all that? And uh, I was surprised to learn that, you know, there, there's, I'll, I'll post links to the article, but suffice it to say, Flickr will be around and the photos and the infrastructure mm -hmm. that's serving Flickr will be around long 
after I'm gone, probably. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's almost like a hard drive. That's just a permanent hard drive that's going to be uh-huh. there that won't that won't fill up. So it, it took that concern off the table. So there's there are other concerns like I want this to happen, you know, as a user, I want a bunch of things to happen to suit me. But the main mm-hmm. thing was longevity and protection and safety of my photos and and all of that stuff. And it checks all the boxes, I think. A lot of the reason why a lot of people poo-poo Flickr or aren't using Flickr right now is, you know, probably negative brand equity or negative brand stigma. It's like, you know, Flickr, are you also using AOL, right? Right. But it's it's <laughs> not that, right? It is no. it is so weird. I feel like I need to go on a pilgrimage to explain. It's not that, photographers. It's a, it's a service that was built when you weren't the product right? yeah yeah and it's, <laughs> so. the one of the, the one thing about Flickr that i really appreciate is if a photographer were to design a platform today that was ideal for photography i think you'd come up with Flickr. <laughs> and, yeah and yeah. the the fact that it's got so many th- you know when I, I i used to be on instagram but i got I, I got so tired of the instagram rat race where i'm i'm trying to get likes i'm trying to craft my my picture like a, apply a filter so it pops or whatever the the mm-hmm. term is and then i would get kind of bummed out when i put all sorts of effort into a, a crafting an instagram post to get a bunch of likes and then a, a friend of mine would post like here's a picture of this piece of pie i had and get a thousand likes and and i'm over here with this photo I worked really hard on, it gets three or four likes. And I'm like, man, I, I, I don't understand why this is happening. And mm-hmm. uh, Flickr though, it allows photographers to engage on a really in-depth, rich level with photos and with other photographers. And that's one thing that I really appreciate about using it for Weekly 50. I, so as a photographer, I'm, I'm always trying to find out how did this person take this photo. And I, I read National Geographic. I actually subscribe to the physical magazine. And I, if I have one request for National Geographic, it's I wish that they would publish the exposure information just in tiny print uh, mm. in the corner of each picture. Because I want to know, like, what, what lens was that? What, yep. how, how long was the exposure? Um, what gear did you use? Because then I want to learn from that. And on Flickr, you get all of that and it's so it's such a refreshing change from on uh, uh, other social media platforms where you don't get any of that that behind the scenes data that you can use to learn and not not to to uh engage in that one upsmanship like if they have if someone has a, a cool lens i need to buy a better lens that's not it at all but if someone takes an interesting photo I, I can go on Flickr and read through all of their EXIF data from the photo so that I can then maybe learn a little bit about what they did to make that and then make a photo similar to that myself. And right. uh, if you're if you're scrolling through, uh, I, I'll say Instagram. I mean, I know there's others, but that's the big one. Mm-hmm. You don't get any of that information unless the photographer goes out of his or her way to to write it in the caption. And I, I do that all the time where I want to find out how I want to learn more about this photo and learn about the photographer. And I can't get that on Instagram or other social platforms, but Flickr, I, I have weekly 50. I can craft my message, my written text. I can post my audio and do whatever I want on the blog. And then people will click through 
to the original on Flickr. And I'll, I'll often say, I'll be describing a photo and I'll say, yeah, if you look in the, in the corner here, you'll notice this thing. And if you, and I'll even say, I'll literally say, or type out, I'll say, click into the original on Flickr, go to the high resolution, the full resolution, like mm -hmm. 3000 by 2000 or whatever it might be, go to the full resolution version and you can see every little detail in the photo. And then you can read through the EXIF data so that you can learn from it and maybe help inform your own photography. And that's that's so valuable to me as a photographer and to a lot of other photographers as well. And then while you're on Flickr, you can leave a comment on Flickr if you want, and you can join a photo group like the Twit Photo Group and all these other things that you would expect to have on a social network, of a photography-based social network. But you get all of the the maybe the, the advanced or pro-level uh, information and features that you would want from a, a solid photography website. It's it's just I such agree. an ideal uh, platform. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the operating system for photography, mm. or, you know, in a lot of ways when it comes to the sharing and feedback and storage and you know that that aspect. But it, it's it's really interesting when you look at it. You know, I'm older, so I can you know zoom out and see patterns in the chaos now, which is great. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you zoom out and you look at what other platforms. So as I as I, you know, try to pigeonhole Flickr into what is this thing? Right. It feels like it's very much sitting somewhere, not exactly in the middle, but somewhere between, uh, let's say, Facebook and Facebook groups, you know, specifically mm -hmm. the groups aspect of Facebook and Instagram with the, you know, the well, older Instagram, which was more photography focused, you know, clearly they're now kind right. of skewing towards video. Um, yeah. But older original Instagram, where it was a haven for photographers, and you see all this great work up there. But the on Instagram, the interaction and the community bit of it was handled through hashtags and you know mm -hmm. those those sorts of mechanisms to to group photos together and to you know, loose, loose communities yeah, um, yeah. on Facebook. It's a formal community, right? Here's a group about X go in there. Here are the rules. Do you accept? Yes. Now you're in the group and you can see stuff that pertains to whatever that group topic is. Flickr is in the middle of that, right? So Flickr, <laughs> Flickr has, and I would encourage folks that are listening to this, uh, if you still have a Flickr account, go go dust it off and get in there. If you if you're active on <laughs> Flickr or you're familiar with Flickr, get in there and look at just the diversity of mm -hmm. of genres and groups and different types of photographers and and competency levels and just all that stuff is there, you know, and you can spit up a group yourself like Weekly 50 and dive in there on a particular topic and have at it, right? And have everything coalesce in one spot. I'm curious for you, you saw here's a question I want to throw at you. When you're, so you've been shooting for a while, like you said, at least mm -hmm. 10 years, right? For mm -hmm. Weekly 50. Yeah. So, so you've seen some ebbs and flows in the photography community. Has there been any platforms that have kind of lured you away from Flickr? Like, oh yeah, maybe I should go give this a try because of X or, or has it just been great? <laughs> So that's that's a that's a good question, and um, I, I've never actually had that type of th uh, thought. But what I've what I've thought is is maybe there's something I, I need to do in addition to Flickr. So I've never come across a platform that's 
that I thought this is good enough. This is the one. Flickr was okay to start with, but now it's time to get real and uh, and and find a, a grown up platform because Flickr's always met my needs as a photo blogger. But I have dabbled in other platforms in addition. So I, for a while, I was posting on Instagram in addition to um, Flickr. I would uh, take each Wednesday, I would take whatever that week's post was and put it on Instagram and mm -hmm. add a little caption and, and um, maybe add some hashtags. And I've actually, I've also put all of my photos on YouTube and um, because I've realized that there's a, a large audience on YouTube and I upload like a, it, it's probably like a 4K video. It's just a still frame, but it goes for several minutes while I do my audio. Um, because I, I realized that there is an audience on YouTube, but the caption on YouTube is just a link to my weekly 50 blog post. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of people who uh, they engage with the photos on YouTube, but then they still can get to my blog and then the, the originals on Flickr. So those have actually been pretty valuable to me to uh, keep Flickr as the core. I, I really like the way you framed it as an operating system. I, I think that's mm -hmm. how I'll refer to it is uh, from here out because it really is like the the underpinnings that make my photo blog function. And then um, I suppose you could say to continue with that metaphor, you could say YouTube is like a plugin to the operating yeah. system and, and Instagram, it could be a plugin, but the core experience, I, um, uh, blogs today are not as popular as they used to be. Um, but I, I think they're so valuable for photographers because on a blog, you get a much richer sense of engagement with the, with your audience and with what you can put out there to the community. I, I find that, um, uh, Instagram and other social platforms that in my experience, the engagement that I got was a lot more superficial, uh, a lot of mm -hmm. scrolling through and then tapping and clicking like, but with Flickr, it's you get the opportunity for much deeper, richer engagement. And I would even borrow your phrase, Frederick. I would say Flickr is like taking a deep dive into yeah. photography <laughs> and yeah. you can engage with those communities, interact with the creators and, and really put your best foot forward in a way that you're, you can't on some other platforms when you're beholden to an algorithm that you don't understand. And I, I've heard people say that, um, like this is a common complaint for Instagram uh, several years ago when they switched away from a timeline based feed to an algorithm based feed. And now it's, it's all algorithmic. Well, on Flickr, it's, it's a timeline. Um, it is. It's, <laughs> it's linear. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah. Um, so I, I, uh, I, I found it to be this ideal combination of all the features that help me as a as a photo, as a photographer, as a photo blogger, and as a member of photography, writ large, it really does give me everything I need for the, the deeper level of engagement along with, if I want the social features, they're there too. So I, I remember using Flickr when I was teaching high school in Minnesota in like 2007 and telling my students to go to Flickr and look up pictures on Flickr. And so I, I've been using Flickr for a long time and I know that they are, they're not as cool as they once were, but it's like you said, F Frederick, like they're going to be around forever. And mm. they, the bones of Flickr are uh, so much of the, it, uh, so many images on the internet are hosted on Flickr. Like people have no idea. <laughs> it's yeah. Just like, yeah. People who really, <laughs> I mean, not to say that other, other platforms, people don't care about their images up there, but I think uh -huh. organizations that, that have a loss or 
folding of this business. Therefore, we get that dreaded email that says, hey, on April 3rd, you uh -huh. know, all your images are going to go away, so download them now. Yep. Right, yeah. So I don't think there's any fear of that happening uh, on mm -hmm. Flickr and organizations like NASA. There's a whole long list of of organizations like that that are on that use Flickr as their operating system for their photography. So when I saw yeah. that list, you know, and uh, having conversations internally i was like yeah okay yeah Flickr, you know is clearly the the choice for where these images sh should go you know i'm curious i remember i'm curious just getting into the brass tacks about like your history with Flickr. i remember when i first started using the platform way back in 2008 i think it was the the way that i was using it was probably incorrect right so i was using it as the almost like a machine learning AI back then. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go out and do all these photos and I'm gonna dump it all on Flickr. And whichever the whichever ones people say they like, those are the, that's the good one, right? And I'll, I'll <laughs> rinse and repeat from that one. When and then you know, of course, platforms like 500px and whatnot came about mm -hmm. where it was more of best foot forward. Don't upload a bunch of garbage. Just upload your jewel and get feedback right. on that. From a Simon standpoint, I'm curious how, what was your experience when you first started using Flickr? Were you using it correctly out of the gate or were you a Frederick and just kind of using it as a, as a human culling mechanism? <laughs> <laughs> so when I first started using Flickr, before I really uh, considered myself a photographer, this would have been like way back in the day, I, I thought it was... Um, it, it, just a, a fun place for me to put some snapshots. And yeah. um, I, I didn't, I don't know that I was using it in the best way um, that I could have, but Flickr's always been about communities, even way back, uh, back in the day, they've always had this community aspect at their core and it's still there today. And it's really strong um, and, and vibrant and growing. And I, I engaged with the communities back then as well. And that's always been one of the, the core, strengths of Flickr. You know, Flickr is like, it's gone through an identity crisis over the years, especially when yeah. Yahoo bought it and they said, everyone gets a terabyte of free storage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there was this time when Flickr then became this dumping ground. Everyone was like, great, I'm going to just upload everything to Flickr. Yeah. And I actually think SmugMug, I really, I appreciate what they did when they took it over. They said, look, we have to be able to sustain this. We can't do this free terabyte of storage and sustain the business. So they yeah. said, all right, free accounts are limited to a thousand photos. And there was a lot of pushback from the community because a lot of people have more than a thousand photos. And I, I, I feel like their value proposition makes a lot of sense. And they say, look, if, if you want a lot of photos, um, just just give us a little bit of money for it and we'll give you un essentially unlimited storage or if you want the free version that's fine but then you're kind of forced not, not forced but you're encouraged to just then upload the best of the best mm -hmm. and i i've been i i don't even think i have a thousand photos on my Flickr. <laughs> yeah yeah all this time i think i've got like 800 photos so a thousand is a lot and i think that that thousand photo limit was a, a tough but necessary move that they did. And I think it was the right move because it then changed the nature of what people put on Flickr after that, the Yahoo one terabyte um, it, 
after that period in, in time. And so yeah, now I, the, the one terabyte the, mistake, I think that was, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go gonna out. Call yeah. the dark times, but yeah. I, I, yeah, it was the dark times. I'll call it a mistake because <laughs> human nature, right, is you will fill the space available to you or you will you try will. to. As most of us yep. know, you know, from your dorm room in college or your apartment or now your house or whatever, you expand to fill the available space. Same with digital. If you have unlimited space, that means that you can be a packer rat with your images and just throw all kinds of garbage up there. And, you know, it's just like a, a never ending hard drive. That's a lot right. of space, especially for JPEGs if you're throwing those up there. So there's no, you know, there's no limitation. But when you cap it or like a thousand, you put a, 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 a definitive lid on that. You got to be much more selective about what you upload, I think, making you a better photographer and overall increasing the quality of the community now because better shots are up there. People are being more selective. Plus, the restriction drives paid accounts. So if you are, you know, someone that needs to go beyond that level, clearly you're a little bit more serious about your photography kick a couple of nickels down and now you got all the space you could possibly need. Right. So yeah, it, I, it just makes sense. I, I feel like the internet from its uh, early days has kind of trained all of us that we want something for nothing. And now the, the, what we end up giving up is a lot of our, our data. And that's one of the things that I also appreciate about Flickr is that it, they don't ask you to surrender your, um, your personal data, like some other sites might, they're not going to use that for all the the mining and and ad tracking and all that to the same level as another site uh, might do. And instead, Flickr says, "Look, we're going to give you a, a really large taste, but if you want the full buffet, we want you to pay for it." And I think that's mm -hmm. fair. I mean, yeah. I when I go to put when I buy a a, a, a car, I don't expect free service for life because that dealership has to stay in business. Like I then pay to get my tires rotated and I pay to right. get my oil changed and stuff like that. And so I feel like uh, what they're offering, it's it it has such an, a, a tremendous value for photographers and for the photography community that uh, for most people, the free version is fine. And if you want a little more, they, they don't ask a whole lot really in the grand scheme of things. And, and I pay it like Flickr doesn't give me a free account. Uh, I pay them just like anyone else. Mm -hmm. Um, but one more thing that Flickr does is it also lets you control the copyright on your photos. So you can upload a Flickr and then you can say, I want the, I, I want this photo to be public domain, or I want it to be CC by, so someone else can use this photo. I just want credit. Or you can say, I want it to be CC by ND, which means no, you can use it, but you can't make a derivative of it. And there's all these subtle ways in which you can control the copyright of your photo. And someone could still come along and steal it and, and use it in a way that you don't want them to. But then you at least have a little bit of uh, recourse if they do, and a little bit of reassurance that it the, the degree of control that Flickr gives you over your photography is amazing. And that's why I, I, I feel like if you were to design a platform today for photographers, you would probably end up with Flickr or something really yeah. close to it. Yeah. And, and as a, uh, I, I talked to a lot of uh, new photographers who, who want to just get out there and they want, they say, Oh, I want to get on Instagram and I want to get on, uh, um, uh, social platforms, like really get my name out there. And, 
And I feel like Flickr's this steady, steady. Uh, there's like a sailing metaphor somewhere in here that I don't know, but like they're steady as she goes. Steady as don't she say, goes. Yeah. Don't don't say Titanic. That's not the right one. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> like Flickr's always the um, the the steady ship with all these storms yeah. uh, around like the storms of social media and algorithms and everything else. Well, here's Flickr just cutting to the chase and being uh, the, the, in my opinion, the best tool for photographers, for photo bloggers, um, uh, for people who want to engage with the photography community, show their best photos, um, share their photography with the world and learn. If they want to learn about photos, <laughs> go to Flickr and dive into the the EXIF information. And some some photographers even share GPS data. So if you see this, yeah. uh, a fantastic landscape, they might have the GPS data embedded. So you can see where that was taken and maybe take a trip there yourself. And instead of buying a new camera next year, you can t buy a plane ticket and then take some amazing photos from this location that you saw on Flickr. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think that, that bit of it and, you know, just to reemphasize just the, the unlimited, it seems like there's a, a never ending list of groups covering every little nook and cranny and genre and camera and lens and lighting technique and yeah. just everything that has to do with photography. There's probably a group that's centered on that type thing that's on Flickr that you could go in and start participating with and asking mm -hmm. questions. So the, the true community up there and true sort of like, you know, like an operating system for photography. It's just there. It's the mall, right? You go to the mall and yeah. everything's there that you could possibly want, but you like that particular store. So I'm going to go in there, right? It's the same thing for, for the photography. And for the folks, folks that are watching this, it just occurred to me, uh, this video obviously is going to be on YouTube, but Go ahead and if you have feedback that you your or thoughts on Flickr or things that you'd like to see or kudos or whatever that you, that you would hope the Flickr team would see, I would go ahead and put a comment in the comment on the in the comments area on this video because I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I'm going to guess that maybe one or two Flickr people <laughs> will probably <laughs> watch this video. So if you want to communicate with them, you might want to just, you know, sound off in the comments. You know, constructive criticism would be great. You know, that's that's what I'd love to see. Uh, don't talk just to hear the sound of yourself typing. There you go. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm curious, you know, as we sort of wrap up here, Simon, I wanted to want to get your thoughts on what's missing from from the Flickr service, like from you as a, or, you know, a decade plus user of the service, what are the, the, the sort of rough spots that you wish were either more modern or would they add this feature or support this thing or do less of that thing? Are there any things like that in there that, that kind of yeah. get, that get you? So if you dig into Flickr a little bit, you start to see that the, the, the scaffolding and the bones of it go back quite a ways. And mm -hmm. some of the user interface elements are, are maybe still stuck in about 2009 or 2010. So if you go to Flickr and you wanna make a custom album to show off uh, your photos, the, uh, the album tools that it has available are not that great. Um, they're, they're pretty outdated. Um, and so there's, uh, that's kind of what I would do. The, the mobile app is actually really solid. And I, I mm -hmm. applaud the team for putting a lot of effort into um, uh, improving that over the years. But the web interface, once you start digging in a little bit, you'll realize like, yeah, this is not the most like modern 
uh, web interface with like uh, maybe all of the the interactivity and the easy to use features that you would expect from another platform. But I don't know the numbers on how many people use it on the web versus on their phones. Uh, but yeah, there, there's definitely some aspects of the site that are maybe showing its age a little bit. So yeah, yeah, um, so I, UI, I would probably right? <laughs> yeah improve some of the UI elements. Um, but that. Those uh, those kinds of things are fairly they're not that important to me, um, and I don't know that they're important to a lot of a lot of people, but they're, they're definitely there, and it's something yeah. that could be improved. And so, if the team is looking for something to improve, I would say uh, focus on on those kinds of things. Um, go back and maybe cleaning up some of the the older elements that are maybe still hanging around. Um, and if you go to like uh, the, the, the Flickr forums, still look like. Uh, not necessarily the community groups, but some of the like the help forms and stuff. They look like they're, it's like a page from the Internet Archive Wayback Machine when you're, you're like mm, looking at the Internet mm. from days gone by. Um, but I think, you know, the day to day experience for most people and most photographers is is really solid. And yeah. uh, the, the meat of it is is uh, uh, good enough for uh, most use case scenarios. So, yeah. Um, I, I actually don't know how I, I've paid for pro for so long. I don't know what the ads are like on Flickr. I know it used to be like if you would every third photo, it would show you an ad or something like that. So it's possible there's some improvement to do there. But um, uh, from my perspective, it's it's just been pretty solid all around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a solid platform. Thank you. I appreciate you being so candid about that too. That that'll, that's very helpful. Um, yeah, you're welcome. You know, uh, switching back to weekly fifty. What what's next for for your sort of your footprint on the web? I want to keep doing what I've been doing, and I I for me it has to be um, it has to be something that I can continue to do. So. Um, I, I've learned over the years that if I try and take on something that I, it's not scalable. Like um, uh, if I uh, if I can't reasonably do my one photo a week on whatever this thing is that I want to try, then I'm setting myself up for failure. So for me right now, it's continuing to learn more about um, off-camera colored lights. And I'm going to check out the gentleman that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, name Jake I Hicks. Already forgot. Yeah. Jake Hicks. Yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of what's next for me. I. I've thought about like, you know what, I should do a, a weekly 50 live where I do like a, I have, I do a live photo edit or I, I had like a weekly 50, uh, even a podcast where I, I get some regular visitors to my website and, and do like a photo conversation with them. Um, but the amount of effort that I spend on weekly 50 has to also be scalable. So I have a full-time job. I have two kids, I'm married, I have a lot of obligations and I've learned over the years that I have to set my own expectations accordingly. And the probably the biggest pitfall that I think a lot of photographers make, and I, I say this based on experience talking to photographers, is they get really excited. You get a new camera and you want to take pictures of everything, a new lens. I want to, I want to take pictures of everything. <laughs> and I'm going to do a, a, a one photo a day and I'm going to join all these groups and do all these things. And the attrition rate just drops like a stone in water because <laughs> Yeah. Or maybe the attrition rate goes up, whatever the metaphor is, because it's hard for people to sustain that level of intensity and engagement, which is why for me, the just the basic, basic idea of one photo a week, along with audio and text commentary, like that's enough. And 
Um, if I, if I have learned, if I try and go beyond that, then I start to lose the core. I lose the essence of what weekly 50 is all about. And I start getting stressed and I pull out what little hair I have left and, (laughs) and, uh, (laughs) and then I'm not paying attention to my kids and things like that. So for me, um, I hope to be doing in, in five, 10 years, pretty much exactly the same thing and um, continuing to engage with the community. I, I have a, a gentleman, um, uh, Dennis Welker. He actually, he's a photographer in Utah that I met through Weekly 50 and he recently sent me a calendar. He's like, hey, I, I love your blog. I really enjoy all your posts. I'd like to share my, my photography with you in the form of a physical desk calendar or it's actually a wall calendar of his shots from Utah. And so I've got that hanging up in my cubicle at my office and, um, uh, like he has these amazing pictures that I now have in my office. And so I hope to continue to engage with the community of photographers that are, are weekly 50 readers and, and Flickr users. Um, and maybe if my kids get older and, and, uh, require less of my time, maybe I can add something else to the mix, but I, I really do like, that's my, my promise to my readers is I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing <laughs> and you can count on me. Uh, to still be there in five, 10 years, doing the same thing, same as always, and um, hopefully uh, continuing the learning process. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, the, the that that's a very powerful thing that you just said, that just the idea that that in 10 or 15 years, you hope to be doing the exact same thing that you're doing now. That's a definition of happiness, right? Because I don't think a lot of people can make that statement about, yeah, I this is what I want to do. And I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to apply thrust and set a direction or a vector and just keep going. Right. And Looking that's like that's where pilot. you are. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wish I was a pilot. Uh, no, I'm a, that's a, you know science or a physics term but you know i'm a star trek nerd so there you go (laughs) (laughs) yeah set a course for (laughs) star trek picard season three phenomenal just want to throw that pitch out there oh season three amazing go watch co-signed co-signed 100 yeah Yeah, definitely go watch that for for sure um yeah i'm trying to get back into strange new worlds that's a that's another one yeah, that, um, that was pretty good. That's that's one of the better of the new tracks. So yeah, yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, not not much of a discovery fan. That's a whole nother show. That's a whole <laughs> whole nother episode time. of Twit. This week in this week in Trek, right? Right, right. Um, all right, let's leave it right there, Simon. Thank you so much for doing this thing, and thank you on behalf of the Flickr team for for continuing to use the service for so long and for saying such kind words about the service and being so candid about about how you know where some of the rough spots rough spots are within the the service people don't know until you know enough of a chorus of people say things and then okay that's where effort should go so yeah yeah thank you thank you for doing that appreciate that you're welcome i appreciate the opportunity to come on and talk to you and talk to the twip audience about it and uh i really um i i i'm a fan of Flickr and uh, i believe in what they do and uh if people want to know like what should i do where should i go online Flickr, check out them. Yeah. Instagram's fine. Um, other platforms are fine, but yeah, there's so much that Flickr has to offer. I agree. I agree. Um, if people want to catch up with you and follow the stuff that you're doing, what are the what are the coordinates to your online <laughs> location? <laughs> 
Um, I would, uh, I would just recommend going to weekly 50. That's F I F T Y.com. And, uh, again, that 50 refers to the 50 millimeter focal length. Um, from there you can follow the blog. There's a little follow button. There's a, a link to my YouTube if you want to follow it on YouTube. And, and of course, every photo you can click and go to my Flickr, but that's probably the best way if you want to get in touch with me, just go to weekly50.com. And um, from there you can, I think there's even a contact form if you want to fill that out. But um, yeah, I, I just uh, hope to continue engaging with the photography community and, and keep doing, doing what I'm doing at Weekly 50. It's been great. Love it. Simon Ringsmooth. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. And let's not make it such a long interval between our conversations. I think we need to do this relatively often. And, uh, I like it. Do I always up. enjoy talking to you. Likewise. Okay, Simon, take care. And thanks, everybody, for watching this. We'll see you in the next episode. This is Twitter.